Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. We will continue this evening our reading from Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha on the 29th Anucheda, wherein Jiva Goswami is introduced the Parivas Sutra, and in introducing the Parivas Sutra of the Srimad Bhagavatam, he's now shown different instances as to how specifically the Bhagavat Purana's narrative needs to be seen in light of the Parivas Sutra, uh, both in individual uh, verses and also in the Leela narrative. And we're continuing tonight with the Leela narrative of the Mahakalapura incident, wherein Mahavishnu made arrangements to see Krishna and Arjuna. There's two specific verses from that Leela narrative that could be confusing to the reader and lead, lead to conclusions that are not in concordance with the Parivas Sutra. So he's gone over the first of those two verses. The first verse, these are again are from the 10th Canto, 89th chapter. Uh, the first of those two verses is, Being desirous of seeing the two of you, Krishna and Arjuna, I had the sons of the Brahmana brought here to my abode. You have appeared on earth along with your parts, Kala, for the preservation of Dharma. After slaying the Asuras, who were a burden to the earth, quickly return here once again to me. So we're going to continue tonight with the second of those verses. So Jiva writes in his Anucheda, And now we will explore the second statement of Sri Mahakala. Then he quotes from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Although you, Nara and Narayan, the foremost sages, are utterly fulfilled, yet you should still follow the path of Dharma to maintain the world order by setting an example for the people in general. So Jiva begins by explaining this verse as we should understand it. Jiva writes the meaning is as follows. You too are engaged in the welfare of the world, not only in this form, but in other magnificent forms as well. To glorify Krishna and Arjuna, in this manner he, Mahakala, speaks this verse. You too are the foremost because of being Swayam Bhagavan and his companion, which is to say that you too are the most excellent of all avatars and avataris. avataris. Although this is so, and although you are utterly fulfilled for preservation of the world and in order to promote virtue among humankind, you are the two sages, Nara and Narayan, among those who embody virtue. In this way, there is mention of Nara and Narayan as vibhutis of Krishna and Arjuna being their minor expansions. So Jiva's 
the first thing he's doing here in this section is pointing out that Mahakala or Mahavishnu is not actually giving a directive to Krishna and Arjuna. Uh, one can misunderstand and think that Mahavishnu is saying, now go forth and maintain Dharma in the world as the two sages, Nara and Narayan. But Jiva is pointing out to us that's not really a fact if we're to understand it in the context of the Pariva Sutra, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. What would be the position of, of Krishna taking instruction from his part and parcel? Uh, it would be like a king taking instruction from his minister. But in a literal meaning, in a literal interpretation of the verse, one could arrive at that conclusion that Mahavishnu is saying, now go forth, maintain dharma, and in maintaining dharma, you will uphold virtue, with, virtue within human society. But that's not really the intent here. And in order to understand the intent, we need to know the, the actual position of Krishna and Arjuna. And that came out in our last discussion, that Krishna and Arjuna, Krishna is definitely superior to Mahavishnu. Otherwise, Mahavishnu would not have to perform some trick of stealing the children of the Brahmana and stealing them away nine times in a row in order to see Krishna because he could see every he's omniscient, he's omnipotent. So Jiva's already made it clear that yeah, he may be omnipotent within the universe. He is a Purusha avatar. He's an expansion of the Supreme Lord and he creates all the material universes, but still Krishna is superior because Krishna only manifests himself to those whom he desires. So Mahavishnu didn't have of his own potency the ability to see Krishna until Krishna came to him. Otherwise, you would say, well, Mahavishnu can certainly see everything within his material universes. He, so he could see Krishna and Arjuna and in seeing them, um, know everything that was happening in, during Krishna's advent. But obviously, that's not the case. He had to do this. He had to steal the, the children of the Brahmana in order to see Krishna. So Krishna's, Krishna's position is established through the Leela narrative. But one could misunderstand it. So this this whole section here, and, and uh, next we're going to get into, as, as we go further into this one Anucheta, Jiva Goswami is going to point out, and there's other narrations in the Puranas and in the Mahabharata where it's said that Krishna is just like any other avatar, that he's an He's an Amsa, that he's a part of Vishnu, that he comes about through, through the potency of Vishnu. Uh, 
just like all the other avatars are coming through the agency of Vishnu. And this the specifics of this through the agency of Vishnu is also going to be explained more thoroughly as we go deeper into the Krishna Sandarbha. So from this, this section here, he's finishing up this one Leela and the second verse and pointing out the way the student should properly understand the discourse between Mahavishnu and Krishna and Arjuna. This is the way to understand it. And what he said here is we have to see that Nar Narayan, these two rishis, their position is they're simply amsas of Krishna and Arjuna. They're rishis. And they can also be seen, well, he says, as vibhutis, as, as just a display of the opulence of the Supreme. So they're, they're vibhutis of Nara and Narayan. These two rishis are simply vibhutis of Krishna and Arjuna, meant to uphold dharma within human society. Now, they've displayed, of course, here again, the narrative of the, the narrative in the actual, chronologically, the Battle of Kurukshetra has not happened. This incident happened before the Battle of Kurukshetra. So they haven't yet sh sh did their foremost exhibiting of Dharma uh, because that is really the battle of Kurukshetra. They really rid the, rid the earth of, of, uh, of the burden, which was the basis upon Mother Earth requesting assistance. She needed help. I can't, I don't know what to do. There's so many demoniac leaders, uh, so she went to Brahma. Please, you have to help me here. I'm overburdened. I can't get this weight off my back. <laughs> I need somebody to help me here. But this, this is so much secondary to the advent of Krishna and his associates, which would include Arjuna. It's so much secondary to the advent of the Supreme Lord in his original form. The advent of Krishna is primarily to provide a display of the loving exchange that he has with his most intimate associates, both in Vraj and Mathura and Dwarka. Now the the modes of worship may differ from these different doms, Dwarka, Mathura, and Vrindavan, or Raj Bhumi. But the, this level of 
intimate, loving exchange with the Lord in his original form is extraordinary. So extraordinary it only happens once in a day of Brahma. And another thing that to, to look at is the function of these two bibhutis, Nara and Narayan. They're rishis. And what, what, what do they do? Their function in human society, they're, they're not out in human society. They're not performing anything. You would say, what are they doing for the betterment of human society? Are they digging wells? Are they putting in roads? Are they rebuilding the infrastructure? Are they opening hospitals? I mean, really, what are they doing for human society? What is, what, what is, they're off in the Himalayas and they're meditating. So what, what's the, what virtue are they bringing to human society? Just these two potencies of Krishna and Arjuna are doing the topmost service for human society because of their level of pure meditation. They're exemplars of rishis who are engaged in meditation on the supreme absolute truth. That function in and of itself is purifying and beneficial to everyone on the planet. So much so that we see here that Mahavishnu is saying, please, you maintain this. Now, there's also a, an additional way that we can look at this statement by Mahakala or Mahavishnu. We can also look at this statement as we see when he brings up Nar Narayan, we can also look at this statement in a, in a, in a similar way as we look at the various statements Krishna made to Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, where he says, of this, I am the of the strongest people, of the most virtuous, I am this. He takes every everything that you would be acquainted with in human society, of the cheaters, I am the best cheater, of the strong, I am the most strong, of the, of the most powerful or the most uh, imposing, I am the mountains. Uh, so many, they're all, not all coming to my mind, but he just goes on and on. These are my various potencies which you can see. So also these potencies, Nara and Narayan, are simply a manifestation. This ability, this Shakti, these vibhutis of the Supreme Lord, Nara and Narayan, which are exemplars of rishis who by their simple existence on the planet and their simple determination to do the best for humanity, that in and of itself is sufficient to uplift humanity at large. Again, we go back to intent. 
How significant is the intent of a sadhu? So significant that they don't really need to do anything except desire to serve in that way. Just like Guru Maharaj speaks of Sridhar Maharaj being invited to the to the um, Mayapur groundbreaking. groundbreaking. It was Mayapur or Vrindavan? I think it was Mayapur. So he didn't actually get down in the hole and and put the Seshanog there which was the cornerstone for the building, he was taking a nap. And and Sridhar Maharaj says, you invited my, actually Govinda said, you invited my guru here to, to, to do the, to lay this cornerstone for your building. He's taking a nap. You went out and did it yourself. You crawled down in the hole. Why'd you invite him? And Prabhupada said, well, he came. He was going to do it. His intent itself is what was is what is significant. So Nara Narai and these two rishis, they're sitting in a cave in the Himalayas, and their intent is the benefit of human society. They don't have to build the bridges. They don't have to open the hospitals. They don't have to give instruction. They don't have to. They don't have to engage in anything except having that sincere desire in and of itself is significant to assist humanity. Not to misread the verse, not to misread what Mahavishnu is saying here. He's not giving a direct instruction to Krishna. Go off and be sages, you and you and Arjuna, I want you to go off and be sages in human society and benefit human society. Because, you know, their their potency is so much more even than his. And it's a form of glorification. He's glorifying Krishna and Arjuna. And another thing that um, Jiva Goswami brings out here is he knew because Krishna, because Krishna states in the Gita you know, yada yada he dharma shai clum come to to show dharma. He knew that by stealing the sons of the Brahmana, this would definitely force Krishna to come, because Krishna is that exemplar in human society of dharma. So he knew if I do this, he will come. The underlying intent of the whole leela is simply enlighten Arjuna further to his to his position and by again teaching Arjuna he's teaching humanity at large so we see that we see that uh, if you wanted if you want to teach the stepdaughter the mother yeah, the daughter-in-law is, is taught by chastisement of the daughter. You want to say something to the daughter-in-law, but, you, you know, the mother may want to do that so that her, her, her son is, her son's wife is 
conducting herself properly, but she may not chastise her directly. So by teaching Arjuna, we have the whole Bhagavad Gita for the better, betterment of humanity. Uh, Arjuna is put into distress. And sim- similarly, at this point in the, in the Leela narrative of the Bhagavad Purana, this whole Leela is to show that Krishna is the supreme manifestation of the Lord and not Vishnu. So how powerful is that? But as we go on, we're going to see again and again that this this ideal, this understanding is is not common throughout all the scriptures. That it it the way that we look at scripture, the way that Jiva is is training us to read scripture, the way he's brought out this Pariva Sutra. It's just like the verse from the 11th canto that, uh, you know, uh, Krishna is going to, you know, Krishna appears in a covered form in the age of Kali. These are secrets, secret, most secret, uh, knowledge. All All these points are going to come out significantly as we go forward. Read a little bit more of what Jiva said. It is also stated in Bhag- by Bhagavan Sri Krishna in the 11th canto in the course of describing his vibhutis. So now, just as he did in the last subsection of this section, this Anucheda, Jiva Goswami is going to substantiate what he's just, what he's just brought out. So Krishna says in the 11th canto, and he's got to quote verses from the Bhagavatam. Among the sages, Munis, I am Narayan Rishi. The sense is, because, this Jiva writes, because you are the highest embodiment of virtue, I knew that you would surely come to deliver the sons of the Brahmana, and thus I acted in this way. Additionally, there is Sri Krishna's statement in Harivamsa Purana. So Krishna says there, that supreme self, Mahakala, abducted the boys of the Brahmana for the sake of procuring a vision of me. He conjectured conjectured as follows. Krishna will come for the sake of the Brahmana. Otherwise, he will not come here at all. Krishna is just showing. He's saying himself what the purpose was of Mahavishnu in abducting the sons of the Brahmana. In the verse under discussion, the word acharatam is not to be taken in the sense of acharatam, imperative of the second person dual of the verb achara. And thus, it has not been explained in that way, as you too should follow the path of Dharma. Uh, syntactically, Jiva's saying, it's not being said, you shouldn't, you shouldn't read the verse, read the Sanskrit and come away and say, Mahavishnu is giving instruction. Now you two go, go be dharmic. Go, go be exemplars of dharma. It's not how it should be taken. Therefore, Krishna's superior, superiority even to Mahakala is proven. 
This will be all this will also be demonstrated by the discussion of the Mitunjaya Tantra, Anucheta one oh six, the verses beginning with uh Yo Dwata in accordance with this very glory. Sri Sukha said, Seeing the wonderful abode of Lord Mahavishnu, Arjuna was exceedingly astonished astonished. He realized that whatever prowess is possessed by human beings is brought about only through the grace of Bhagavan Krishna. Jiva concludes this Anucheta section, subsection, as follows. Here it is now stated that such prowess is accomplished through the grace of Mahakala. It is not stated, I'm sorry. Here it is not stated that such prowess is accomplished through the grace of Mahakala. Similarly, Swami Pod's introductory remark to this episode, given at the beginning of this commentary on its first verse, accords precisely with this conclusion. Quote, this quote here is from Sridhar Swami's commentary on the very first verse of this, this Leela itself, on the whole affair. Sridhar Swami wrote, To show that Bhagavan, having the above-mentioned characteristics, is none other than Sri Krishna, Sukadev relates another story beginning with this verse. So, this is, a, as we mentioned earlier, this is a second Leela to reinforce the first Leela that of the Guna avatars, Vishnu, Shiva, and Brahma, that Vishnu's superior. So now, to show that Bhagavan, this is what Srinar Swami said, to show that Bhagavan having the above-mentioned characteristics, so what was that characteristic that Bhagavan displayed? He's superior to the other Guna avatars, and he's the most merciful in that he took no offense whatsoever from a Brahmana. Is none other than Sri Krishna. Sukadevi relates another story beginning with this verse. So in the commentary, we have the following. And this is the proper a proper way that this verse should be translated. Although you two, Krishna and Arjuna, are the foremost being, uh, and that's Rishaba, being the avataric source, avatari, and the best of all avataras, and although you are utterly fulfilled for preservation of the world, and in order to promote virtue, among humankind, you are the two sages, Nara and Narayan, among those who embody virtue. So it's a different understanding in the light of the Parivasutra and also in light of a proper Sanskrit presentation. So this concludes, the, the commentary concludes with this remark, and we'll read this and move on. Shri Goswami has resolved the apparent contradiction between the Bhagavats Parivas Sutra, Krishna Stu, Bhagavan Swayam, 
and some of its other verses that seem to regard Krishna as an integrated portion of Vishnu, or the Purusha. Next, Sri Jiva addresses similar verses from other scriptures. So, iti chamsa kalapumsa krishnastu bhagavan swayam. The Kesha avatars of Vishnu. Now, Jiva Goswami begins this with a verse from the Vishnu Purana. It will now be demonstrated that even statements from other scriptures that appear to contradict the above conclusion that Krishna is Swayan Bhagavan are actually in accordance with it. In this regard, we find the following statement in Vishnu Purana. O great sage, he uprooted two of his hairs, one white and one black. And in the Mahabharata, this is all relating to that one incident. What is this incident? This is the incident wherein Brahma has approached Vishnu at the ocean of milk and they've relayed prayers for the benefit of Bhumi who's in distress. And then Vishnu and Swetadweep, he responds directly to Brahma. Okay, I will, I will advent. You would say he said, I will advent. Well, really, that's not what he's saying. And he displayed to Brahma his re- taking of two hairs, a black one and a white one, and saying, I will, one, one of these will be bought white, one of the avataric descents to take to take the burden from the earth will be white and one will be black. So that's the that would be a literal understanding of verses both from here we have one verse from the Vishnu Purana and then we have a, another verse that seems to say the same thing from the Mahabharata. So Jeeva is going to show us how do we really read these verses? How should you see these verses in the proper context? There's, there's a lot here that just you cannot take it literally. It's not a literal presentation of fact. Jeeva Goswami now quotes from the Mahabharata a verse that reads as follows. And he, Bhagavan Hari, uprooted two hairs from his head. One was white, Sukla, and the other black, Krishna. These two hairs then entered into two women of the Yadu dynasty, Rohini and Devaki. One of these two hairs of that Deva, Hari, the white one became Balaram, and the other hair, which was black in color, became Keshava, Krishna. This Kesha also means hair. Mm. Mahabharata Adi Purva, chapter 197. Jiva will now unpack these two verses and give us the proper way to understand them. 
In his commentary to Srimad Bhagavatam 2.7.26, Sridhar Swami, again the great commentary, uh, commentator on the Srimad Bhagavatam, has explained the purport of these statements as given below. While interpreting the compound Sita Krishna Kesha, literally white and black hair, he writes. And now Jiva Goswami quotes verbatim Sridhar Swami's commentary from the Srimad Bhagavatam 2nd Canto 7th chapter. Sridhar Swami wrote there, the white and black hairs indicate his beauty and not the effects of aging because his body is free from all modifications brought about through the influence of time. How can you accept that Vishnu has white and black hair because that would indicate that from normal, our experiences, a person that has both black and white hair is, is getting on in age. And, you know, to pull two hairs out and one's black and one's white would mean that Krishna or Vishnu or any manifestation of the Supreme is being influenced by time. Now, as this, as this unpacks, this is a very long anachata, as we unpack this, we're going to see that it is taken literally by certain people. It's, it's taken literally. So such an explanation by Srinar Swami had to be necessary. He'd have to say, what are you doing? You think the Lord is influenced by karma? Right? Karma mamamsa. But there are narrations in various scriptures that say just that that Brahma, Shiva, and Vishnu are influenced by karma, those are also going to be brought out by Jiva Goswami and explained away properly. And not the effects of aging. So don't, we shouldn't think, Sridhar Swami saying here, don't think that Krishna gets old, that Vishnu ages, and that he has white and black hair at some point. Because his body is free from all modifications brought about through the influence of time. The statement, he uprooted two hairs from his head, is not to suggest that the hair itself would become an avatar, but to let it be known to the devas who prayed to him Vishnu is letting it be known to the devas who prayed to him just how insignificant is the task of relieving the earth of its burden. I can do it with two hairs from my head. What do I, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's really a simple matter. So even two hairs can accomplish that, the task of relieving the burden of the earth. The uprooting of the two hairs white and black, is to be understood as indicating Balaram and Krishna's respective bodily hues. Otherwise, if the literal reading were to be accepted, it would contradict prior and uh, posterior statements within that very context. Additionally, any interpretation to the contrary would oppose the declaration 
Krishna, however, is Swayam Bhagavan. Here ends Sridhar Swami's commentary. Now Jiva Goswami writes again. He's quoted Sridhar Swami. He goes on to say, here the following purport is also possible. So I've, I've given you what Sridhar Swami said. Now let me, let me provide you with another commentary, which you could also take as applicable to this particular verse of yanking out the hairs and putting them in the wombs of two residents of Mathura. O Davis, why do you insist that I alone should avatarically descend? I am a specific manifestation of the Purusha called Aniruddha. Now remember who's speaking here. Who's speaking here is a manifestation of Vishnu who's residing on Sweda Dweep. And here he's here he, here he's saying I'm Aniruddha. Of course he's also gonna say further down here that he's I believe uh Sankarshan. So these this for the Chatur Vuha the terminology of, of their not the terminology of their names, but their functionality seems to be a little bit fluid in the in the various presentations in the Puranas. Here I am specifically I am a specific manifestation of the Purusha called Aniruddha, who resides in Swedadweep in the ocean of milk. Indeed, these two, Sri Vasudeva and Sankarshan, who are to be upheld on my very own head. So, Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. Aniruddha is this form of Vishnu who was prayed to, and he's saying the two avatars that are going to descend, Vasudeva and Sankarshan, they they rest on the top of my head. I pray to them. So you can't, they themselves are going to descend as the son of Rohini and Devaki to relieve the burden of the earth. But we, again, we also know more a more comprehensive understanding will 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 take us to the understanding of Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. So unless we look at this Chatra Vyuha as the original Chatra Vyuha, the original Krishna, Balaram, Pradyumna and Anuruddha in the in the Leela or the both Prakat and Aprakat Leela of, of Krishna. And then you have the second quadruple expansion in Vaikuntha. Then you have the third quadruple expansion, which entails the Purusha avatars, who are also another expansion of the Chaturvyuha. You would say, well, this seems... And again, Aniruddha would be 
the Antaryami, right? That would be the the third manifestation of the Purusha. Mahavishnu being Sankarshan, Prajumna being Garbodakshai Vishnu, and Aniruddha being Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu. Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu has his own planet also and manifests a form, and this is the form that Brahma and the demigods prayed to for the benefit of Bhumi. So he's saying, I'm Aniruddha, but Sankarchan, Vasudev and Sankarchan are going to invent, so I simply hold them on my head. That's another significance of the, of the hair. Who are to be up, upheld on my own head like hair, indicating that they are worth, worthy of my highest regard, will themselves descend to the earth. Moreover, for them, ridding the earth of its burden will be a trifling. Any questions? It's a, some sort of... Um... how to say, interpretive reading, whether you think, if you think that the pairs are somehow, uh, if you think that, if you have, if you're, it, it's interpreted, you, you're, you have to interpret it in, in, in some way. It's all her, hermeneutics, right? Yeah, yeah. How are you going to interpret the Leela? Right. So this whole thing is based on that hermeneutics. How do we look at scripture and what do we walk away with? And the first thing in this Leela is don't take it literally. You won't, you will not get the text. You will not understand the Leela narrative if you take it literally. Vishnu does not age. He doesn't have hair like you and I. And this is simply a, a way of expressing the incident of what did he do now as it goes on there's going to be some other things that he did like ran off to a you know ran off and entered a entered a cave on suede dweep so that he could enter into the body of krishna and partake of the leela because when krishna comes all the all of his expansions come so then at that time Vishnu of Sweta Dweep was away and appeared to be sleeping in a cave on, in, on, and protected by Garuda. So what, I mean, what you have here with Jiva bringing all these things together is how well read to have read all the Puranas and be able to take from all the Puranas all the specifics of any one event, you know, and and add that to the whole narration. And, and you have a lot of that coming out in the Gopal Champu, where Jiva's written his own Leela narrative for Krishna's Raj pastimes. Yes, thank you so much for your association. Yeah.